Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Big, big win for the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, good morning. It is Maggie and Perloff here on CBS Sports Radio. We are the brand new morning show, and this was... A sign to take a deep breath, Dallas Cowboys fans. It is not as bad as what you saw against the 49ers a week ago. This was a close game on the road. I know it's not the most hostile environment for Cowboy fans (laughs) to be in the Chargers stadium. A lot of Cowboys fans there, including LeBron James and others. But here's here's the positives is you were finally in a close game. The Cowboys' first five games have been decided by 40 points, 20 points, 12 points, 35 points, and 32 points. You had not been in a close game, and here you were in the fourth quarter needing a score, and Dak Prescott was able to lead that drive that led to the go-ahead field goal. I thought Dak was good yesterday. Uh, It had me a little bit nervous. Mike McCarthy had me a little bit nervous in this game, (laughs) but ultimately they were able to get the victory. And again, a big exhale, I think, if you're a Cowboys fan. Well, here's the thing with Dak Prescott. When Dak decides that he's going to move a lot, they can really move the ball a lot. You are right. But he's keeping plays alive. I know Dak Prescott really well. I've watched the Cowboys. He's going to get hurt at some point. Because last night, it was his legs that gave the Cowboys that win. That play to Tony Pollard. He basically The touchdown that he is, ran in for 18 yards? No, the 60-yard pass. No, that one, but yeah. also running in a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, Well, yeah, exactly. But Dak, how many sacks did he escape last night? The other thing, it was a reminder that the Cowboys defense is elite. I think yeah. we forgot about that after the Niners. Remember, they were dominant early in the season. I think the main mismatch in last night's game was Dan Quinn against the Chargers because Dan Quinn obviously probably knows Kellen Moore's offense yeah. like the back of his hand. I didn't think uh, – I thought they, they definitely – they covered everything for most of the game. They frustrated Justin Herbert. To me, I credit the Cowboys' defense. And it wasn't glamorous. Like Micah Parsons wasn't eating the whole game. He had a huge sack at the end of the game. Yeah, massive. But it was, it was a reminder, ooh, the Cowboys' defense is really tough. And I actually think that's the key to this team. Yeah, it is. And it wasn't just Micah Parsons coming through when they needed it on the final drive. So Justin Herbert and the Chargers get the ball back with about two and a half minutes or so left in the game, they're down by three points. Like, this is, it's not where you hope to be if you're a quarterback, but, like, as far as trying to go to uh, drive your team down the field, if you are going to be trailing in a game, this is, like, as good as it gets. Like, over two and a half minutes, you get the two-minute warning, and you have timeouts at your disposal, and Dallas just, like, snuffed it out. It was Micah Parsons with the big sack, and then it was Stephon Gilmore who came up with the game-sealing interception. And so you feel great about that, especially after... It had been the type of game where the penalties were such a big part of the game because defenses were not given an inch. They were calling, holding on everything. You really had to be on your P's and Q's. So for the Cowboys to come and their defense to come up with that big stop, I saw it spoke volumes for them. Yeah, there was a third and one where Austin Eckler ran for a first down for the Chargers, and they called a hold. In my mind, there's never a hold on third and one. I mean, it, the guy just hooked him. And anytime a holding is really the defensive guy fell. That's what holding is in the NFL today. I, I think that they need to stop. There were 11 penalties accepted on the Cowboys and yeah. nine on the Chargers. 
I thought it decimated the whole game, especially it hurt the Chargers offense more, I think, than the Cowboys because they couldn't get anything going. And then they would save it. It just was a mess. I thought they called way too many ticky-tack things for a primetime game. I thought it was a slog of a game. It was not a pretty game by any means. And the other thing, too, is you said it's a, it's a exhale for the Cowboys. I like that. But did you walk away saying, oh, man, this is the, a dominant team in the NFC? Are they a, a Tier 1 NFC team? Because I'm not sure after beating the Chargers. To be honest, I think the Lions have taken their spot. So mm. credit to the Lions. I think the Lions are now there with the 49ers and your, and your Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know if the Cowboys are. But I'll tell you what, if it was the flip side of this and the Cowboys had lost that game on a last-minute drive by yeah. the Chargers, we'd be killing the Cowboys. Of course. So... That's true. <laughs> I think for for that purpose, they kind of like exhale. You can fend off the dogs a little bit. The dogs being sort of the media, the critics, whatever. Internally, you should probably, they, they had to be very critical of themselves after the San Francisco loss. How could you not be? That tape was disgusting. So I think maybe just everybody gets a little bit of pressure off their shoulders. It doesn't mean you don't, you aren't, you know, feeling pressure the rest of the year. It doesn't mean you're off the hook. And no, I do not think they are in that top, top, top tier of the mm. NFC anymore. I do think the Lions have replaced them. Uh, okay. Yeah. I would like to... What's the spread if the Cowboys play the Lions in either Dallas or Detroit? Well... I don't even know if I actually care what the spread is because I think the spread would be a little bit even on reputation, which is the Lions' terrible reputation for their basically entire existence and the Cowboys being America's team. So I'll tell you what, I would bet the Lions no matter where it was. I'd like to see that Lions' offense handle Dallas' defense. I'm not quite there with you. I think they, they actually probably will end up playing in the playoffs. Yeah. I think that's a matchup that Dallas would not be afraid of for one second. Uh, especially because it's going to be basically indoors no matter where yeah. it is. I feel like that's a that's a matchup. I don't think Dallas is scared of Detroit at all. But that's besides where Detroit's beaten like the worst, the string of the worst teams in the league. We have no idea how they met. I know the Kansas City game in the beginning of the season. We have no idea how they match up against an elite team. I think the Cowboys are tier closer to tier one than Detroit. I think they could win this division easily. Uh, if they basically win one of the matchups against the Eagles, have a ridiculously hard schedule coming up. Cowboys have a really light schedule. Yeah. I think there's a great chance they win this division. They're probably not going to win the conference. I think Detroit has a good chance, but I think they're going to be in good position. They're going to be 12-5. and five. I watch this team, and I say the same thing. Okay, win a regular season game. Same problem. Can Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott win a huge playoff game? That I don't know yet. Well, that remains to be seen. Yeah. And they got the one-up, though, on former offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, yeah. who they couldn't do a whole heck of a lot. Last night, you mentioned Dan Quinn against Kellen Moore was really where this game was won. Let's hear from Dak Prescott. Um, let's talk here. Cut 10, please, Pete, about Dak Prescott needing to focus on peaking at the right time. Obviously, as it gets latter latter part of the year, it'll show a playoff picture, but... We've got to focus on getting better, peaking at the right time, uh, being the best versions of ourselves every week that we show up um, and just continuing to make strides of getting better. Yeah, you mentioned that the next part of the schedule, a little bit softer um, for the Cowboys. Now, they're play the, they in the bye week now, uh, going into their bye, then the Rams, then at your Eagles, so that's obviously tough. But then the Giants, Carolina, Washington, you get Seattle, but you get them at home before a stretch of Philly at Buffalo, at Miami, and then Detroit. So the, it's going to be interesting because I think the Cowboys, outside of that game at Philadelphia, can get some really positive momentum oh, yeah. here. And if they want to be peaking at the right time, 
it's later. It's December. Well, January, you hope, right? But it's December where it's Eagles at Buffalo, at Miami, Detroit, yeah. and then your commanders to finish out the season. Let me remove the drama for you. They're going to be 12-5. and five. <laughs> It's going to be your, They like to repeat the same record over and over. Remember that stretch where they were 8-8 eight and eight every year with Jason yes. Garrett? Now they're 12-5 and five every year with Mike McCarthy. So they, they got to stay healthy. They got to get in the playoffs. They're clearly a playoff team. The question is, is it different from last year? That's what I don't quite know. Well, it was supposed to be more of the run game. That wasn't that that hasn't been mm. featured in a mm. way that I think all of us were expecting. But that was it was supposed to be. Remember, you know, Mike McCarthy yep. wanted to take over play calling responsibilities from Kellen Moore because he wanted to run the damn ball and they didn't want it to be all about pouring on points. They wanted more ball control to help out the defense so the defense wasn't so gassed um and could get a little bit of a breather. I'm not seeing that no. overwhelmingly. But again, you get into colder weather, a little bit more down the stretch, maybe that starts to show it. Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to win with defense. This is, the, you saw it last night. This is the best thing they have going is their pass rush at the end of a game. Yep. The ability to close a game, that's what really, really good teams do. I, I don't blame Justin Herbert for it because once that Cowboys defensive line started moving downhill, they're really tough to stop. I, I think the Eagles are going to have a hard time with that defensive line as well. That is the dominant unit for the Cowboys. So they can win with that formula. It's just last night you came away with it being like, yeah, they're good, but are they a great team? And I didn't see great. Well, speaking of not great, um, Justin Herbert on the other side and the L.A. Chargers, a team I think that got a little bit anointed, not the head coach. Brandon Saley's always been under duress, but – you know, that the quarterback, because he has such a great arm, because he has these wild plays, because he looks like a quarterback's quarterback. Like, other quarterbacks are jealous of what he has and his mm-hmm. arm talent and his, like, physical tools and all of that. He's not a runner, per se, but, you know, he's able to scramble for some first downs. But forgive me if I want to see Justin Herbert finally go win a game. Again, mm-hmm. two and a half minutes left with timeouts, at home. I know the Dallas defense is good, but you're supposed to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You're definitely getting paid like one of the best quarterbacks in the league now with the big contract extension. I think the expectations have always been high for Herbert, and I have yet to see him really come through in a big game, and it leaves me wanting more from him. Yeah, I I totally know what you mean. He definitely missed some throws last night. He had a little hand injury. The other hand, not a throwing hand. the non-throwing hand. But... Uh, what around that team is so good? Like, tell me who you want uh, that the Chargers okay. have on offense. The run game is beyond. He had no run game at all last night. Yeah, Eckler coming back off the injury. 14 carries, 27 yards. That's a huge problem. There, he had to do everything last night against a great defense. So I, I'm not going to walk away from that game judging Herbert. Okay, here's the thing about Herbert. 38 one-score games since he came into the yeah. league in 2020. It's the second most of any quarterback in that stretch. He's 18 and 20 in those games. That's four more losses than any other QB there. I know wins, losses are not a quarterback stat, but sometimes it does tell you a bit about the story here. And here's the Mm. thing about Herbert not having anyone around him, or I I don't even know that's true. He missed Keenan Allen on two big throws that would have been explosives. He missed him. I mean, he admitted that he missed him. Yeah. They tried to get him help with Quentin Johnson. There's a rumor right now. There's a rookie wide receiver. They've invested in the offensive line. I guess, like, here's my thing. What they Rashawn Slater is a first round draft pick. I know, but that offensive line has definitely struggled a little bit. They have, but here's the thing about with Herbert, it's never going to be perfect. You're never going to have the perfect pocket. You're never going to have yeah. the cleanest everything. Like it, that's just not how the NFL is. So when you 
are expected to be one of the top quarterbacks in the league. You have to, at times, overcome some of the deficiencies on your team. He was hurried last night. He was harassed last night. But you know what? That's where the great quarterbacks still have an opportunity to make plays. And he came up short in the final drive. Yeah, I mean, he, but the Cowboys knew exactly what was going on. They had him pinned back. I think the offensive line failed him. The interception at the end of the game, we were arguing before the show. I mean, he was a should he have just taken the sack? Is that what you wanted? At least he would add fourth down then still to play. You're definitely in four down territory. I thought it was a duck it was of a throw. Third, it was a, he was about to get tackled, and he sidearm one where Gilmore made a great play on the ball. And basically the receiver, also the receiver probably could have knocked the ball away or tried something. They were both on the ball. The ball was short. It was desperate. It's third and ten. It, it was a desperation throw. He had no pocket. He had nothing, nowhere to go. He couldn't have escaped out of the back. I, I think of those close losses, it's on Brandon Staley, not Justin Herbert, to me. He deserves the blame as well. I think of but, all those close losses, how many of them were because of some weird decision by Brandon Staley, the head coach? Yeah, but it's not all, you know, going for fourth and one at your own 25 or I something. I think 90% like, of it is. I, it's not. Listen, he's not good. I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to stand up for Brandon Staley. But the thing about Herbert is you mentioned the pocket. I mean, we counted it out. It was like three and a half Mississippi. Oh. What more are you getting in this league, especially on an obvious passing down? Like, you have to be able to get the ball out faster. I, I just want to see Justin Herbert in a big-time moment actually go out and win the game. I don't know. I think they need a new coach, then we'll see that. I think Staley's probably going to get fired after this year. Probably, but they have I, Kellen Moore now, who was responsible for a top offense in Dallas. And and Justin yeah, they Herbert... Won, Kellen Moore won what again? About 12 games a year, which is not what the Chargers are winning. And Justin Herbert is better than Dak Prescott. So why doesn't it look better? I, what do you mean look better? I mean, it's top. the stats are top four or five in the league. He's still elite. I think he's... I think he's got he's got nine touchdowns, two picks. He's fourth in the league in passer rating. I mean, he's still awesome. Okay, and had two opportunities so far yeah. this season. One against the Miami Dolphins, and the last night against the Dallas Cowboys, where you're home, excuse me, and the Titans too, where you're right. home and you have the ball and you have enough time and you have timeouts and you didn't do anything. I think it's fair to criticize him about it's, this. It's fair to criticize. They're going against a great defense. They had no run game. They Nobody wins when you carry the ball. Your primary running back has 14 carries for 27 yards. That's a recipe for a loss. I just don't walk away. I look at the Chargers, and I'm not blaming Justin Herbert. It's a meh team. It's a meh wide receiving core. It's not a, a meh, meh quarterback, though. Yeah, but everything around him is not great. I, I don't think any other... I don't think I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going into that team and just dominating with that coaching staff. And Kellen Moore is okay. Kellen Moore, definitely. Did you, when he was in the red zone last night, did you have any confidence in the plays he called at all? Well, but it was, it worked in Dallas. Like, and as Dallas, we t- we lament the Dallas weapons. Now, CD well? Lamb came through with a really big game last night and Brandon Cooks had a big touchdown, but... It worked at Dallas because they played nobody last year. Honestly, I, I, I'm not a big Kellen Moore guy right now. Well, I don't even if you don't have to be a big Kellen Moore guy, you can't argue with the numbers that he yeah. was the architect and he was running one of the most productive offenses over the last few years with the Cowboys. That's why they hung on to him. You know, even I think Mike McCarthy probably would have gotten rid of him a little bit earlier. But the numbers were there and the stats were there. And now it's not being replicated yeah, with the Chargers. I think it's coaching, 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 personnel. They need a fast player on that offense somewhere. They need a running game. They need a better offensive line. They need so many different things. I just can't look at Justin Herbert as a problem with the Chargers. Here is Herbert. Let's hear a cut 14, please, Pete. Uh, 
Justin Herbert said he missed too many opportunities. You know, Keenan ran two great routes and I missed them, and, and so that's on me as a quarterback, and we have those explosive opportunities, and um, we have to capitalize on those. You know, that's a really good defense that we're going up against, and, um, you know, I, I can't miss those like that and expect to, you know, to continue to, to get back on third down and get back on track on second down. So, uh, you know, tough opportunities, um, but we'll watch the film and be critical on ourselves, so and we'll learn from it. There you go. So putting a blame on himself for those two explosives that they missed with Keenan Allen, I mean – for sure. And no one's ever going to say Justin Herbert's not going to stand up there and take his medicine. It's, it's more just I want to see something more at the end of games, and it doesn't get easier for them. Uh, the Chargers go to Kansas City next week for a 425 Eastern oh, game. That, that's going to be good. Can we get some offensive games, by the way? That was <laughs> no, that was no. from start to finish a disappointing. Well, actually, it started out like it looked like there was going to be some offense. I was expecting a lot of scoring last night, and it was grinding it out. I think the officials completely ruined the game. I don't yes. know why you have to throw that many flags. I agree with you there. Incidental contact. But it, it was a tough game to watch to me. I mean, Dak, basically Dak created something out of nothing for the Cowboys. Otherwise, they didn't have anything going on. And Herbert, by the end, the, the offensive line was just worn out. They just got destroyed. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Cowboy fans, you're welcome to weigh in. And, and Justin Herbert fans, you're welcome to weigh in. Exhale for the Cowboys. They get everyone off their back for a week after a bad loss to San Francisco. They rebound with a good win on the road and now go into their bye. Meanwhile, Justin Herbert, is it fair to criticize him for the end of the game? 855-212-4CBS. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff straight ahead. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. A lot of disagreement this morning. I think you guys are drastically overrating the Chargers roster around Justin Herbert. I think they are slow. They are old in some spots. Their defense is disappointing. I don't put it on Justin Herbert. Maggie, you blame the quarterback. You want to see a big win? Come on, win a game. You got the, you got the ball Dude, in your hands that with coach two stinks. minutes left to go and timeouts. Win the game. Just get a new staff in there. Make some, first of all, anytime that they do move the ball, it's Justin Herbert threw a pass that no human on earth, except for him and Josh Allen, could throw. Here's my question about last night's game. Yeah. LeBron James is in the crowd. Yeah. Is LeBron James more of an NFL analyst right now or an NBA player? Because I feel like he's obsessed with football. I, I thought he was there, like, maybe in the locker room getting injury reports and stuff like that. He's very yeah. much into analyzing the NBA or I, the NFL. I feel like he has very little interest in the, his, the Lakers, basketball. He never talks about it. He would he'd go to Monday Night Football tomorrow. He'd leave <laughs> NBA and be an announcer there. I mean, what's more to talk about? He's yeah. year 21. He's never going to win this yeah. Jordan debate. Like, it's just, they went to the Western Conference yeah. Finals last year, which I thought was like a minor miracle. He had a quote about how he wants to see Anthony Davis take more three-pointers. I mean, geez, how many times have we, <laughs> like, does anybody care about Anthony Davis taking his game to the next level? We've heard that a million times. You're right. But, He's but Anthony Davis got to stay healthy. That's the key. Yeah, like, no I kidding. mean, come on. We've heard that a hundred million times. <laughs> He's done with the NBA analysis. I, I hope he continues this throughout the rest of the season once the actual regular season starts. Because he's pretty good. He knows his football. I, his picks have been dynamite. <laughs> I don't wonder how much he's actually betting on these, if at all. But you got to be careful with that as a professional athlete. But uh, So a, a conversation is broken out in the chat. YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio if you want to watch the show. Because Perloff and I are gorgeous. Um, <laughs> yeah. Especially at this hour. But no, come on in. Bill Belichick. Yeah. Is he the perfect coach oh. to take over the Chargers next year? Absolutely not. Yeah, I don't see the perfect fit here either, but go ahead. Oh, well, first of all, he's on a team that is too slow and just wrong. If he comes to that Chargers roster, 
He's got all kinds of problems. He needs he needs a really good team. Okay, and I do not see that at all in LA. All right. So my first thing is like, what Belichick's offense stinks right now, and Belichick's not an offensive guy. So why would you bring him here when you have got this Ferrari of Justin Herbert that's just like not you know living that's that's not capitalizing on just how great Herbert is. Now the defense, Belichick, I'm sure would whip into shape. Like Brandon Staley yeah. is supposed to be this great defensive coach. Meanwhile, as the Cowboys are mounting a 14-play drive to set, put themselves in position for the game-winning field goal, you know, any one of these third downs, maybe you want to stop the Cowboys on. Well, the Cowboys only had 20 points, but that was mostly the officials more <laughs> than the uh, than the defense. And I also, like going for it defense. on fourth and one, I, I, whatever. There were the, some. Well, McCarthy and Staley, of they course, can't help screwed themselves. up fourth downs all they over the place. They both did. They both screwed up a four and one that I thought. Easy to take the points. Like Chargers fourth, should have taken the points, right? You're fourth and one at the 13 in a game that's clearly not a, blo- a shootout. Like, ha- are you watching the game? I want to know what the coach is. Are you looking down at the play sheet and the analytics? Or are you watching the damn game? Okay. But you always say you got to have one play on fourth and one. So if they may, are you playing the result here? No, because, because if they had scored that drive, it's the they, 13 yard line, kick the point, like kick the field goal. You're in a dog fight. Okay, uh, McCarthy, can you explain the last eight seconds of the first half to anyone who did watch? And that was a malaise. That was bizarre. I, I We're never going to get those five seconds back <laughs> of our life, guys. Like, that's it. They're gone. Joe Buck has never been more confused on a podcast. <laughs> and if he's confused, what are the rest of us supposed to do about this? So, essentially, uh, they had, was it eight seconds left? They have the ball inside the ten. Was it basically at the 10-yard line? Bogus, would you know what yard this was? This was basically a, a chance with nine seconds to left. To take one shot. To take one shot at the end zone before you would be able to uh, either call a timeout or you throw the ball sort of, you know, where it's either your receiver or it's going out of bounds, and they could set up for the field goal. And instead, Mike McCarthy chooses not to call a timeout. Seconds are ticking away until it gets five seconds tick off the clock till it gets to the three and three-second mark, and they kick the field goal. Okay, it was 14-yard line. 14-yard line, yeah. okay. But then, then the I just heard the explanation at the start of the third quarter. Buck explained yes. it, that it was a clock mistake, and they went to McCarthy. And do, said, do you want to stop the clock? Do you want to or do you want to use your timeout and not run 10 seconds off? He said, no, take give me the yeah, 10 seconds. Yeah. And Get it down to three. Goal. Yeah, right. So he could have had eight, like you said, eight seconds with two timeouts to run at least a play. I mean, the fact that Mike McCarthy even had timeouts inside of two minutes is like a minor <laughs> miracle, and then this is what you're going to do with him? I mean, come but on. By the way, did you hear the line? He goes, why'd you stop the clock? McCarthy <laughs> said that to the yeah. official. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, it was bad. I thought we were setting up for one of those, like, oh, blame Mike McCarthy, and he kind of could have, you know, but yeah. they took the, the three points. The lesser of two dummies. <laughs> Seriously. It was not a coaching clinic last night. But anyway, um, we get to. Yeah. Dak, by the way, I, can we give Dak some flowers? Because everyone's been ripping him all season long. He made some incredible plays with his legs last night. And that if that Dak is around, then the Cowboys have a chance to do anything. If Dak can run, I just wonder, you know, even last night you saw it a little bit. Like, don't you feel like he's an injury risk when he's making all those plays with his legs? Well, so slide. You know, there yeah. was one where he was running for the first yeah. down and just sort of barrel rolled. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you slide there. Yeah. You're almost you're 10 years into your, you know, career. Yeah. I remember when Dak first came in the league, he was really effective running the ball. And rushing touchdowns. Yeah, and oh, he yeah. was unstoppable. But like any quarterback, an older quarterback making plays with his legs always makes me nervous. And Dak has an injury history. So we'll see. But last night he saved them. That play that uh, he 
kind of got out of a sack and gave the ball to Pollard, yeah. broke a tackle, six yards. That changed the game. That was the entire I, I felt like the, until that point, I was like, oh, the Cowboys are blowing this game. They're not going to win this game. That so, and there's an element of luck to that too. It was that game easily could have gone either way. That was the longest play for the Cowboys on offense all season long. Yep. There you go. Andrew Bogus is here with some headlines. Good morning. Good morning. All the headlines sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boat, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Um, Jerry. They are making it very hard to ignore them. Here's Bryce Harper. The birthday boy, and he swings and lifts it high and deep, and happy birthday, pal! Harper! With a monster drive deep into right center. It's 2-0 Phillies. Harper's fourth of the playoffs. Hit us all with foul ball. Scott Fransky, Phillies Radio. Harper adding an RBI single on his 31st birthday, leading his godforsaken team to a 5-3 <laughs> win over the Diamondbacks to start the NLCS. Being 1-0 uh, in a series is huge, and um, we got a big one tomorrow as well. And that's a, that's a good team over there, man. They're not going to lay down. And I um, thought they fought, and thought we battled as well. So I thought it was a good game one, and I'm uh, looking forward to tomorrow. Which is now today, game two starting 8.07 Eastern with Aaron Nola and Merrill Kelly on the mound. Uh, are you going to do the Schwarber home run too? Yeah, dude, it's only six thirty. <laughs> uh, I love that one. I, I'm sure you Kyle Schwarber's awesome. And me too. Um, he, do you guys ever, when you hear it's somebody's birthday on the broadcast, be like, oh, well, they're going to win probably? Yeah. yeah. Like uh, Bryce Harper last night on the uh, Monday Night Football game was Brian Schottenheimer's fiftieth birthday. I'm like, what, is Schottenheimer getting the birthday? He's like, what, the offensive coordinator now? I don't know. I always. Brian Schottenheimer is only fifty. I feel like he's been around for for a long time in the NFL. Has. It's like maybe he shouldn't have had he's those been jobs on a bunch all that of, long. <laughs> maybe he's a little too young for that Jets job. Uh, yeah, Seattle. Anyway, anytime it's someone's birthday, I get nervous. Go ahead. Uh, game two in Houston went to the Rangers just like Game one did. Yesterday's five four final makes Texas seven and zero this postseason. The sixth team ever to do that. They scored four times in the first, added one in the third, and survived three. Astro homers. They are back on the field in Arlington tomorrow. The Cowboys now 10-1 and following a loss over the last two-plus seasons. A 2017 win over the Chargers on Monday Night Football. It wasn't easy. It wasn't pretty, but it was a win from Mike McCarthy's team. It was a bumpy game out there. I mean, there's uh, about 20, 21 penalties called. A lot of back and forth. You know, a lot of resetting your jaw and just keep fighting. And um, and I thought, I, I thought our men did a really good job there. Brandon Aubrey kicked a tie-breaking 39-yard field goal with 2.19 left. The defense then spoiled the Bolts' last drive with a Micah Parsons sack and a Stephon Gilmore pick. Dak Prescott threw for a score, ran for another. His team hits its bye at 4-2 and two, while the Chargers are now 2-3. and three. <laughs> The Niners calling Debo Samuel <laughs> and Trent Williams day-to-day <laughs> after getting hurt Sunday in Cleveland. Christian McCaffrey a little more unsettled. The team's still waiting on test results 
on his oblique slash rib injury. San Francisco plays in Minnesota Monday night. Jim Irsay says rookie QB Anthony Richardson is likely done for the year, likely heading for shoulder surgery, and the Bears confirming a dislocated right thumb for Justin Fields. He is unlikely to play Sunday against the Raiders, but no real timetable for return. Georgia tight end Brock Bowers had surgery yesterday for Saturday's left ankle injury. He'll likely miss the rest of the regular season. Kansas is number one in the AP men's college basketball preseason poll for the fourth time in program history. Duke, Purdue, Michigan State, and last year's champs from UConn also getting first place votes. And let's do some shootout hockey. The Capitals and Flames in D.C. So Kuznetsov is going to start it off here. And we'll see if he pulls out the move. He sure does. <laughs> going to slow it down along the right side. And just going to tap at it here all the way to the net. Slow it down through the right circle. Tap, 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 and score. It works almost all the time. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. Uh, John Walton on Caps Radio. Suggestive call there. Right? <laughs> A little bit. I mean, if my mind is perennially in the gutter, but uh, it's like God. he's ready for the move. And mm, I'm a little slow. slow. Yeah. Now I get it. Okay. <laughs> tap, tap. Tap, tap, tap. I was like, why is Bogus playing this clip? Because <laughs> now I know. 49 seconds of a goal. <laughs> Tap, 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 tap it in. Sure, immature person. That is why. Come on. Yeah, this is hockey. There's two of us in the room. Old school hockey. Yeah, <laughs> we both got it immediately. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, okay. I mean, it's pretty early in the season for a result on the Capitals, but okay. <laughs> we need to start like a new segment. This is like sexual hockey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> Uh, last but not least, some bad news for you, Perloff. Uh, we were so excited yesterday about flag football and lacrosse getting yeah. into the 2028 summer games in L.A., but if you add events, you got to take some out. And Uh-oh. your beloved breakdancing will not be in L.A. <laughs> in 2028, so enjoy it in Paris your next summer. Your dreams are shattered now. So what is replacing? Did lacrosse make it? Lacrosse, lacrosse cricket squash, baseball, softball, flag football. Squash. squash. Does anybody want to watch squash? Um, probably when you not. Could be, you could have breakdancing going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to agree with Perloff on this one. Huge miss by the Olympic Committee. Nobody wants to watch squash over breakdancing. I know. Where do you even put the camera in a squash court? Also, we have badminton. We've got table tennis. We've got actual tennis. Yeah. We've got enough of these squash-like. Yes, thank There's probably you. badminton Although in there, too, right? That's coming. Yeah. I wonder if people all over the world are obsessed with pickleball as Americans. I wonder. Yeah, I think America would dominate pickleball. I think, uh, you know, you'd have a middle-aged Brooklynite would be in the Olympics. <laughs> the 70 and older division. Maggie was so surprised, the interna- the strength of breakdancing internationally. And I'm not surprised. I, I knew that Europe and Asia had picked up breakdancing and taken the torch. There were no Americans among the contenders. Netherlands, Japan... All over Europe, they're really good at breakdancing. So no wonder well, U.S. got rid of it. What are we doing here? I mean, uh, let's get our weight 19, up here, U.S. We, we mastered it in 1987. Listen, if you're the country that produces break two electric boogaloo, then you've got to win this gold medal every year. Well, yeah, except <laughs> certain people ruined that movie. Oh, really? I haven't seen it. Yeah, I, the, the... Break-in one, the, the original break-in. 
and then break in two. The Bugaloo Boys, who are the far right extremist group, took it because uh, oh, uh, they they're named after break in two. Oh, we cannot just have nice things. Yeah, bees are like over. they're like let's have the American Revolution to the electric boogaloo. That was the joke. Oh, <laughs> so they took, they We're took really breaking two to the bottom of the barrel here. We can't come I up do with like a the reference slogan. to breaking two because when I when I was a young kid, oh man, I had the cut off glove. I was obsessed with breakdancing culture. You had the obsessed. cut off glove. So, uh, oh yeah, uh, I was so bad, like but Jackson I tried. Stuff? Oh, well, yeah. his wasn't a cut off. I guess his was just like a rhinestone glove. I tried to style myself like uh, Beat Street and Ele- uh, Electric Boogaloo. That was yeah. my favorite. Did you movie. have like a jean jacket that was cut off sleeves? Uh, I don't think I ever went there. I was I wanted to. I just <laughs> knew I couldn't pull that off. But breakdancing was awesome. But now it's been taken over by the world. It's <sighs> our gift to the world. I can't right. believe they're getting rid of but it. Imagine if you knew back then. That you could have been an Olympian. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it right. could have changed the entire no, course of your life. I was terrible. It got to the That's point. That's not surprising. <laughs> yeah. It'd be I like, a, it'd be like at a Sweet 16 and I'm like, you know, I can't make any moves, so I'm just going to just flop like a fish here. Yeah, and that, per- I'm like, that's breaking. Perloff shows up at the eighth grade dance with a cardboard and she's like, what's he going to do here, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? again. Yeah. Man, how long until video games are part of the Olympics? Ooh, e-gaming. Should be. Why not? I mean, talk about the world. You know, that's not just a U.S. thing. I don't know. The, actually, uh, video games feel too relevant for the Olympics. Like, <laughs> people might actually want to watch that who are under 57 years old. I don't think that's their demographic at all. Yeah. Oh, it, you do have to be, like, watching a lot of daytime TV to be yeah. related to the Olympics. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't think there's a huge crossover between the e-gaming and the Olympic watchers. It's an opportunity. I don't think most of the e-game watchers even have TVs to watch the Olympics on. Aren't they doing three-on-three basketball? I mean, that's... I already did that last time. Yeah. Yeah. How do we do in that one? I think oh, the I women won. won that. The women The men probably... did not win? I don't think so. Kelsey Plum was on the women's team. I'm pretty oh, sure they won, but I don't know about the men. You know what sport I... There's two sports I don't like in the Olympics. Tennis and soccer, because they have so many international competitions. Nobody cares yeah. about winning the tennis gold medal, in my opinion. Well, it's cool if you are like a Serena Williams or something. She has a golden slam now on her resume where she won all the grand slams in a calendar year and the gold medal. I mean, that's pretty badass. Is it? No. Does anyone say, oh, here is Serena Williams, the golden slam winner? No, they're like, she has the all-time majors record. <laughs> well, but the golden slam is cool. I think it's totally stupid. If there are, it's a sport that already has international competitions, then why are you doing it in the Olympics? Mm. Soccer? Does anyone Basketball's care? out, too. Where yeah. does the, I don't know if there are any soccer fans here, but where does the Olympic gold medal count on the soccer list of international events? Well, like 10th? So men's Olympic soccer is like an under-25 event. It's not oh, a full okay. thing. Women's is a full event, and I and that's pretty significant because they I think they have fewer, internet at least up until now they do, so that was probably the number two thing you could okay. do is win Olympic gold after a World Cup. It's a good point, though, about basketball. Basketball has international stuff, too. FIBA. Do you have to win a basketball? Oh, come on. You don't want soccer. F- you don't want the tennis. FIBA World, the FIBA World Cup is the same thing as the soccer World Cup. Have you seen other countries celebrate FIBA? Like in the United States, we're just like, uh, we're immune to it or something. Right. Or we're just like, what have you done for me lately? Yeah, we in said over like Jeremy really... Grant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, Luca goes and qualifies. Listen, yeah. Mikel Bridges, like without him, I don't know where the team would be. I am actually, and I'm, I, this is, is it un-American to root against LeBron's Olympic team next time? Because yes. I'm just. Uh, to see LeBron, Curry, and Durant, 36, 37, and 40. I'm just dying to know how this team... Who, who are you rooting for? Dennis Schroeder? Like, what, just, what's your <laughs> options here? I just think that 
I think LeBron should pass a torch here. I think he's being a little selfish to come out here and say this. I want this to be all about me and this Olympic run. Like he's 40. He's already won a ton of gold medals. Let some 25 year old do it. Well, the only reason why he's going to do it is because it doesn't intersect with football (laughs) and his main job of being an NFL analyst. So is that, that was pretty, that was openly anti LeBron there to say that, but don't you think like this is a little ridiculous that Durant, LeBron and Curry are going to be on this team? We'll see who's actually oh, you're not available buying. when we get to <laughs> summer 2024. <laughs> ready. Yeah, seriously. Oh uh, um, man, I can't wait to see them try and slow down Victor Wembanyama. Let's go. Paris, it's on. Bogus, any more sexually suggestive <laughs> hockey highlights not, that you have Not for, for now. All right. Stay tuned. <laughs> and we will. 855-212-4CBS. <laughs> a lot more to get to, including uh, we've got some news for you on the injury front. We'll do that in a minute. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. <laughs> this is hit is this from breaking? right in the sweet spot here. There's no stopping us. Do you guys remember Turbo from the breaking movies? <laughs> of course you don't. You. <laughs> I was just born around this time. <laughs> what year did breaking come out? 84? 84, I believe. What year was uh, Breaking 2? I don't remember Breaking. I mean, the plots are a little thin on these movies. <laughs> well, if you didn't see the first one, you're going to be totally lost for the second one. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming it's Breakdancers Save the World, right? I don't. I never saw them. I just know they exist. I don't know if they saved the world. It's that There's a love story I remember that was really odd. It, you know, basically, there was a lot of competition. Who is the better dancer, the yeah. guy or the girl? It was pretty good. Beat Breaking Street was, was December 84. What year was Beat Street? That was my movie. As a kid, I'm like, oh my God, this is the greatest <laughs> thing ever. I think LL Cool J was in it. 84. 84. Yeah. One, one thing they had in the 80s when I was a kid that they just don't have, I don't think anymore, is light up clothes. Now they have like light up shoes for kids. Mm. But you remember like I had clothes that lit up. Like, it almost looked like Knight Rider, you know? Like the, I know the shoes. I, yeah. I don't know the... I've never seen the clothes. That had, sounds amazing. I had, like, light-up shirt. It was. It looked like the license plate, like the front of the car... Not the license plate, the front of the car from Knight Rider. <laughs> did it have batteries? Yeah, it did. Oh, wow. Where would the battery go? <laughs> you would have to take it out. I guess you must have only had to hand wash it. That would not be a machine wash situation. But, yeah, it had, like, a little battery on the side. Like, wires and a little battery. I'll try to find it. Anyway, you put up a poll yeah. on your own Twitter feed... Where you try to skew the results in your own No, 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 but this one went against me. Oh. So the question was, I I think the Cowboys would be favored by a field goal against the Lions in the playoffs. Yeah, we were talking about, I I think that the Lions have over, despite the Cowboys' big win last night on the road against the Chargers, I think the Lions have now replaced the Cowboys in terms of the teams we think about as elite in the NFC. San Francisco, Philadelphia, and I think Detroit is there and the, the Cowboys are one step below. So, did, But my argument would be Detroit is being nothing but teams that are going to be in the top eight of the draft. Okay. I mean, they've been terrible teams. And Dallas was yeah. stacking the I box know. against the Giants and the yeah, Jets. That's you fair know. point. Uh, if they play in the playoffs, who do you like, Lions or Cowboys? Try and guess the results. Well, I mean, there's just more Cowboy fans out there, but I feel like the Lions fans are a little more, you know, they're feeling themselves now. Yeah. They deserve to be. 91% Detroit Lions. <laughs> what is going on here? That's first of all, Dan Campbell fever, baby. I'm telling you right now, if they play in the playoffs, the Cowboys are going to be favored just because a public will bet on the Cowboys. Yeah, but also too, like Jared Goff, he's not getting away from Micah Parsons. It's going to be kind of like Herbert last night. I think he's going to be a sitting duck back there. And I know the Lions have been really good against these bad teams. I think that Cowboys front line is a different animal. Okay, but here's the here's the thing about Detroit that would make me 
uh, optimistic yeah. about them. Number one, their offensive line's really good yep. because they've been quietly stacking like off, awesome offensive linemen, you know, through their draft picks. Two, their run game is awesome. They were facing the Bucks last on Sunday, which is a really good run defense. They lose David Montgomery. They don't even have Jameer Gibbs, and they were still able to run at will mm. against the Bucks. The Bucks are terrible. The Bucks stink. But their They're run defense is games. not bad. I, I don't know. And everyone was feeling Baker after the first couple of games of the season. So that you got that going for you. And then the thing about the defense of side of, of the Lions, which I like, is they're able to get home right now without blitzing. Like, they barely blitz. I was looking this up last night for something we're going to do later on about the Lions, and they're not a big blitzing defense, and they're still able to come up with lots of pressures, lots of hurries, lots of sacks. Yeah, it's, but they, again, show me a defense they played that's like Dallas. Dallas got to, how many times did they get to Herbert last night? Uh, I think they, they it, at least mo- 10. That was the most hurries that, uh, and most pressures, pardon me, that Herbert has faced this season. They were hurrying him on 46% of the plays. Yeah, and the Chargers usually uh, have an okay offensive line. So, anyway, this is getting ahead of myself. Usually the Cowboys lose to the Niners, not the Lions. That's why I feel Aww. like it's a movie that repeats itself. Just let them play. It's going to be great this year. It's going to come down to a Mike McCarthy call in Santa Clara. Uh, it's, it's happening, Maggie. Uh, I'd like to see now Dallas and the Lions. I mean, I, I, this is the thing about Dallas. They can't beat the 49ers. Can we get a different matchup? <laughs> yeah, Maybe there's point. something a little bit more interesting. Uh, I'm sure the 49er fans would not agree with that. They want to see Dallas, of course. Uh, more chatter about Bill Belichick yeah. and whether or not he would be the right head coach for the L.A. Chargers. Um, in the chat, they're finding it hard to believe that Belichick would be able to have a tan living in LA. I mean, he is a big boat guy, but listen, here's the thing that Belichick gives you. I know that it's bad. And the end of this era in new England is looking really disappointing. However, Belichick, I think still needs to give, get credit as a culture guy, someone who gets buy-in from the players. They're still playing hard, even though the Patriots stink right now. You still have a lot of buy-in. I know that's a low bar because they're professional athletes. Yeah. But, I mean, he, compared to Brandon Staley, he's going to be such a, a huge upgrade. The question is, who would he bring with him as an offensive coordinator, yeah. and can that person do their job effectively? If the Chargers hire a defensive coach, I know Belichick was a special team guy, and it's defense, I, I think the Chargers fans, all seven of them, should totally revolt. <laughs> they they better bring in an offensive guru next year. Enough of this Brandon Staley. Just... It's Belichick, you, though. That's I would, not your one of the mill. It's not Matt Eberflus and Brandon Staley. It's it a different animal. It doesn't matter. You need an offensive coach because you bring in, I mean, this has been said a lot. The trend is obviously offensive coaches. You bring in any kind of defensive-oriented coach and you have a studded quarterback, you are subtly undermining the offense because you're going to make decisions that are conservative. Do not bring in Belichick. You need to bring in some 38-year-old coordinator. And not a defensive coordinator. That was the problem with Brandon Staley. He's the wrong side of the ball. They should have gotten whoever the offensive coordinator was at the time for the Rams. And I'm sure that, you know, I, they're going to probably make a call to Lincoln Riley. They need an offensive guru to make things easier there. They need to bring in a lot of youth to that offense. Yeah, it's uh, not, I think it's that not they for lack of being aggressive, up. though. I mean, Brandon Staley at times is way too aggressive, right? Like, that's some of the problem about, you know, just take points when they're available for you as opposed to going for it at all times. Now but, he's been a little more up and down with that those decisions. But do you feel like there's an offensive flow there? Like, did it, does it look anything like a Sean McVay offense or a Kyle Shanahan offense? Well, definitely not. I know Kellen Moore is a good offensive coordinator, but I just think the whole team is they're kind of built for a certain style that isn't working at all. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's all that's on Kellen Moore because that's the thing. You have this sort of you got this a lot of potential here with Justin Herbert, and I thought he did deserve criticism yesterday. He missed a couple big throws to Keenan Allen in early in the game that could have been explosives. And also that final drive. Like you got two and a half minutes, you got timeout, you got to be better. Well now, how do you explain Austin Dallas Eck- defense? How do you explain Austin Eckler fourteen carries for twenty seven yards? That's not on the coordinator? I mean he's coming off of an injury. Like I I don't know. Is that's there- one point eight yards per carry. <laughs> Listen, I so think why are you going to him fourteen times? Well, because I in a close game, I kind of understand having to still try to have the threat of the run game. Yeah, but maybe be like Mike McDaniel, have a creative run game or do something to make it a little bit easier. That's terrible. It is terrible. I totally agree with you, but they're not fast right now. And that's the thing about McDaniel is he's got this crazy speed with all of his offensive weapons. And yes, the Chargers are not fast, but to your point, are they playing up to their strengths? It's not like they have no strengths and it doesn't feel like they're playing up to them. You know, last year, and I said this a lot, I couldn't believe how slow the Chargers' weapons got at the end of the season. Like, Herbert has no chance because nobody's separating from anybody. There was a couple plays where they somehow schemed Keenan Allen open last night, but how many throws does, does Justin Herbert put in a window that's three inches wide? Because the wide receivers are not open. There's no speed there on this team. Uh, okay, there's no speed. You're right. There is injuries a lot. Now, they tried to address it with Quentin Johnston. You just are he's not a, he's seeing a rookie. A lot. He was a 22nd pick. He's not going to come in and fix everything. I don't know. Zave Flowers is a rookie. Yeah, and he's, he's doing some nice That's the things. guy they should have gotten because he's fast. Quentin Johnson is fast, but he's a more of a big guy. A lot more to do. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227, including, oh boy, one big injury. The impact the ripple effect, all of that next. Don't move.